I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. This morning we'll be looking at verses 5, or chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 10. And if you don't have a Bible with you, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 141 in the Pew Bible. It's page 141 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then uh, we invite you to take that Pew Bible with you. And that's our gift to you today, because we want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. So please take that and use that. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. Now, when we look at our culture, our culture has just about forgotten what it means to treat people with dignity and respect. We've lost that sense of dignity uh, for the, the, the most part in our, our society. People treat others with, uh, people tend to treat others with no dignity and respect whatsoever. In fact, there was a, a, a show on TV, Drop the Mic, I think is what it was called. I never watched it, but I just saw the commercials, and uh, you, some of y'all probably saw those commercials as well. But uh, Drop the Mic, the whole uh, kind of idea behind this show was the show would pit two competitors against one another, and basically, they would run one another down, and the one who degraded the other, their component, the most was the winner of the show. And so the whole premise of the show was to see who was the best person who could degrade the, uh, someone the most, right? That, that's the, the whole point of the show. And that's what our culture thrives on. Flip through Facebook, Right? And what do you see? If someone dares to, to put a, an opinion on there, uh, there, there's always plenty of people who are ready to degrade them, to run them down for their opinion, for their thought. And so we see this everywhere in our culture. And in fact, our culture thrives on, it rewards degradation rather than respect. Where have we come? Right? Where have we come that our society has gotten where it is today? Well, I think one of the chief factors here, the reason that we don't treat one another with respect and dignity is because people have lost their respect for God. Because see, there's where it starts. Why are you worthy of respect and dignity? Why is every person why is every living human being deserving of respect and dignity it is because of the image of God that each and every one of us bear you deserve respect and dignity because you bear the image and likeness of God the homeless person down on the street, on the corner here, they deserve our respect and dignity because that person is made in the image and likeness of God. That person who offends us, 
right, who cuts us off in traffic and offends us or, or does whatever, says something negative to us, that person deserves our respect and dignity because that person is created in the image and likeness of God. And a culture that has lost its respect for God ultimately loses its respect for one another. And you see, that is the, the point of commandment number two. As we're working through the commandments here, last week we looked at commandment number one, uh, and that has to do with God's authority. Have no other gods before me. No other authority over me. You worship no one else over me. But today, as we look at commandment number two, this has primarily to do with God's dignity. And so our lesson today, if, if, well, and it's very simple, right? This is a very simple lesson. Respect God's dignity. Respect God's dignity. Show God the respect and dignity that he deserves because of who he is, our creator and sustainer and savior. Respect God's dignity. That's the simple message. And so commandment number two one of the primary attacks on God's dignity is the sin of idolatry. So we see commandment number two, thou shalt not create any craven images. That has to do with idolatry. Well, idolatry is a major attack on God's dignity. So, so that's why we, we look at, as we, we consider this commandment, make no graven images, we see this attack on God's dignity. Dignity. So we're going to look at this today and, and think about this commandment. And as we consider this commandment, we're going to see three consequences of idolatry. Three consequences of idolatry. And we're going to see how this degrades God, right? Why, how it dishonors God. So if you found your place there in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Hear the word of the Lord. You shall not make for yourself a craven, a craven, excuse me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or, up, uh, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, we pray today that you would write its eternal truth on all of our hearts today. Lord, teach us this commandment. Lord, let us hide it in our hearts so that we might give you the dignity and respect that you deserve. And let it let flow from that, Lord, our honoring and respecting other people as well. So, Lord, teach us today, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Well, as we, we look at our verse this morning, we look at this second commandment of the Ten Commandments. Uh, 
the first consequence of idolatry that we see in our text here is that idolatry robs God of dignity. Idolatry robs God of dignity. Now let's think about that word for a moment, dignity. What does dignity mean? Dignity is the state or quality of being worthy of honor or respect. So dignity is the state or quality of being worthy of honor and respect. And God, being God, deserves honor and respect because of who he is. Because of his very being, he deserves our honor and respect. He is our creator, our sustainer. He is our savior. Right? We live and breathe because he allows us to live and breathe. He is God. There is no other, so he deserves our honor and respect. We should treat God with the honor and respect that he deserves because of who he is. Now, in the Middle East, just to kind of illustrate some, some things here, in the Middle East, women and children are often robbed of their dignity. The Middle Eastern countries there in the world, women and children are not respected. Most often, they're not respected. Some friends of mine who served with me in the Marines, they were in the first Gulf War, and I came to my unit right after the Gulf War had ended, so uh, they got to tell me some of the stories of of what they experienced there in Saudi Arabia and, and the surrounding area there. And they told me how women and children were so often Uh, disrespected right they were degraded in that culture and one instance that that kind of illustrates this is when oftentimes when they would see a family riding down the road in a pickup truck so they would see the man he would be up front and then often the the wife and the children they were in the bed of the truck now who do you think was in the cab of the truck with the the husband Not the wife, not the children, but the family goat, right? The the family goat, because the man, he he respected the goat more than he respected his wife and children. They were given no respect whatsoever. The goat was more respectable than the wife and children. See, the man treated the goat above the human beings that were riding in the back in the bed of the truck and you know when we treat God lesser than what he is who he is we do this very same thing we do the very same thing that's why idolatry is an abomination before God that's why this whole thing is addressed here in the second commandment. You shall not make for yourself a graven image of any likeness of anything that is in, the, in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the waters underneath, under the earth. You, you don't make a, a graven image of any of this. Why? Because that robs God of his dignity. You see, the second commandment here, it addresses idolatry. The, the issue here is not necessarily the worship of other gods that was the first commandment you'll say i have no other gods before me 
No other authorities, no other no thing, no one is worshipped above me. No one's to be in that position. So, so worshiping another God, that's up there in the first, but idolatry has to do with the dignity of God, of ascribing attributes to God that are below him. We see this in Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32, uh, verses 1 through 6, we see this is the golden calf incident, right? So the, the people of Israel came out of, of, uh, of Egypt, and they, got, they saw God, they witnessed him, him, him there at Sinai, and then Moses went up on Sinai to, to get God's word for the people and to be the representative between God and the people of Israel. And Moses was up there a little bit too long. He was up there 40 days. And so the people of Israel began to say, oh, we don't know what happened to this Moses. So Aaron, why don't you make for us a God? And I, I, want, to see, I want us to see what happened then. Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 6. Notice what it says there. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off your rings and of gold that are in the ears of your, your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And Aaron received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a, gra- with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord, to Yahweh. It's all caps right there. To Yahweh, the proper name of God. You shall, tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. You see, the issue here, in, in this case, with the case of the, the golden calf, it's not that they were worshiping another God so much. They were worshiping Yahweh. They were worshiping Yahweh. But what did they do? They carved this image, the image of a calf, and said, this image represents Yahweh, so we're going to worship Yahweh through this image. And that was an abomination before the Lord. Why? Why? Why are we not to worship God in ways that He does not he does not institute himself why do we worship God why are why are we not allowed to worship God through these means why are we not to have some kind of image of God right we we could do that we could we got good imaginations we can fashion an, an image that kind of represents God's power right we got we can draw pictures and all this thing why not because it degradates God. It ascribes to God attributes that are below Him. Think about that. 
when we build an idol, when people build an idol to represent even Yahweh, right? They represent Yahweh. They are reducing a living God to a non-living thing. They are reducing a living God to a non-living thing. That's what Israel did. They said, here's this calf. This is Yahweh. This represents Yahweh. They knew Yahweh was a spirit, but, but this calf, it represents Yahweh. But it was ascribing attributes of a living God to a non-living thing. And that degrades God. As Christopher Wright says, something that can do nothing is no image of a God who can do all things. It degrades God. Furthermore, an idol reduces a speaking God to a speechless God. It reduces a speaking God to a speechless God. We have a God who speaks. A God who promises, who warns, who rebukes, who blesses, and who gives commandments. We have a God who speaks, but when you reduce God to an idol, to an image, you reduce a speaking God to a speechless God. And boy, let me tell you, the world loves to have a speechless God. Our old sinful heart loves to have a speechless God. A God who expects nothing of us. A God who commands nothing. Who rules nothing. That we can put words in his mouth. But such disgrades God. It robs him of his dignity. Third, an idol reduces an incom incomparable God to something that is comparable. It reduces an incomparable God to something that is comparable. You can say, God is like this. God is like that. But God is like nothing else in the universe. He is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He is God. He is beyond compare. So the whole issue with idolatry is not so much worshiping another god. I mean, yeah, sure, if you get into the Hinduism and they're worshiping Krishna and all these other gods, yes, that has to do with worshiping another god. That would be um, under number one, have no other gods before me. But, but we can even do that, right? We can commit idolatry by worshiping God in a way that he is not ordained for us to worship him. We can reduce him to something other than what he is, and we're no longer worshiping Yahweh. We're degradating him. We're putting him down, comparing him to Things that are far below him. Idolatry robs God of dignity. And I want us to be clear about this. This is not just about inanimate statues, right? It's not just about making an inanimate statue and, and bringing it here. And we could put a, a statue here and, and call that Yahweh. But, but that's not the whole issue here. That's not all of it. 
I mean, we would look at that and we'd say, that's just insane. That's idolatry. We can identify that. But here is where the church, hear me? Here is where the church is susceptible to idolatry, to degrading God to something less than what he is. We also make idols when we conform God to our own image and likeness. When we make biker Jesus and cowboy Jesus and, and, and uh, you know, hipster Jesus and white Jesus and black Jesus, what are we doing? We're conforming Jesus to our own image and likeness. We're reducing him to something that is more palatable to us. And we're just as guilty of idolatry as if we built a golden calf here and called it Jesus. You see, all of this is about manipulation and control, about manipulating God and controlling Him. If we can conform Him to something that we can control and manipulate, oh, well, then we can... He's more palatable to us. We can make Him what we want to make Him, then it's more palatable it's easier to worship because now he looks like us and not like almighty god so when we take the scriptures and we go through here and we say man i don't like that that little sentence right there that little pair i don't like that so i'm just going to kind of breeze over that i'm going to go down to the next i don't like that about god so i'm not going to thank god that way I don't like this over here, what, what this book says about God. I don't like that. I don't like what Romans 8 and 9 says about God. So let's just forget that. Let's skip over that and go on to something else. When we start doing that, we're making God into our own image and likeness. And we're degrading God. We're robbing him of his dignity. And God says, you'll not make me comparable you're not going to reduce me to something less than I am you can't do that and still think you're worshiping me idolatry robs God of dignity and respect worship the God of the Bible We've got to worship the God of the Bible. We look at every dot and tittle in scriptures and we see God. Worship the God of the Bible. Respect God's dignity. Give him the honor and respect that he deserves. You conform to him. Don't try to make him conform to you. Idolatry robs God of dignity. Second, Idolatry dishonors the covenant relationship. Idolatry dishonors the covenant relationship. And this too degradates God. Notice what it says there, going on down to the, the next line here, verse 9. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous 
God. I'm a jealous God. Now, let's stop right there. A lot of people look at that word, I'm a jealous God, that little phrase there, and and they kind of turn sour. In fact, probably most of y'all remember Oprah Winfrey. She made a big deal of that, and and that's when she kind of lost her faith, if you will. She turned away from Christianity because she didn't understand how God could be a jealous God. But we have to understand that there is such a thing as righteous jealousy, right? There's unrighteous jealousy, and and, and that should turn our stomach, right? Unrighteous jealousy is a sin, but there is such a thing as righteous jealousy 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 that is right on that is biblical and god of course practices righteous jealousy now for us to understand that let's let's think about this and to illustrate righteous jealousy and unrighteous jealousy uh, let's think about the marriage covenant because that is closest to the context that we see here in deuteronomy the marriage covenant God had entered into a covenant with Israel. He was their husband. They were his bride. And so when you think about the marriage covenant now, and I'm going to use our, our marriage relationship, mine and Marybeth, as an example. Sorry, babe, I didn't tell you about this, but uh, it's no secret that I married up, right? I married up. Marybeth is a beautiful woman. She's smart, intelligent. I married up. So it would be very easy for me to be a jealous man. Now, unrighteous jealousy. If I saw Mary Beth just carrying on a casual conversation with someone here, with another man here at church or at this grocery store or wherever, right? If I saw her carrying on a conversation with another man and got mad about that, that would be unrighteous jealousy, right? Or even if another man gave her a compliment, paid her a good compliment, and I got mad about that, that would be unrighteous jealousy. I have no reason to be upset about that, to be mad about that. She's done nothing to break the marriage covenant in that that respect, so there's nothing to be mad about. If I got mad, that would be unrighteous jealousy. But if Mary Beth gave her affections to another man affections that were only supposed to be mine that right they're exclusively mine because of the marriage covenant that we have entered into if she gave those affections to another man i have every right to get mad and to get angry about that because she's broken the covenant and, and that's what god's saying here god is a jealous god Because if God's people go chasing after other gods, even images that are supposed to represent God, if if his people go chasing after other gods, they're breaking the marriage covenant. And God has every right to be outraged at that. He has every right to be angry about that. God's jealousy is righteous Jealousy, because when we chase after other things, things that are not God, and we worship them, and we put them in an authority above God, God has every right to be jealous about that. Because we've broken the covenant. You see, even as Christians, we're no longer under the old covenant, like the people of Israel in Deuteronomy. They're under the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant. We're in the new covenant, yes, 
That covenant has changed, but yes, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we turn away from following the ways of this world and we turn to Jesus and we surrender to Jesus not only as our Savior, but as our Lord and Savior. We are committing to Him. We are entering into a new covenant with Jesus. And when we give people or things, affections that should only be rightfully Jesus, that should be exclusively Jesus' affections, then Jesus has every right to be jealous, to be angry, because we're breaking that covenant bond, that promise. You see, idolatry, it breaks the covenant. It dishonors the covenant and therefore dishonors God. Idolatry dishonors God. It robs God of His dignity by dishonoring our covenant relationship with God. We've got to make sure that we guard our affections and not give anybody the affections, the love, that is deserving to God alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first, right? That's number one, the first and most important commandment, Jesus says. If we love anybody above God, yes, even our spouse, even our children, we've dishonored God because we've dishonored the covenant. So honor God. Give God the dignity and respect that he deserves by keeping the covenant relationship. So idolatry robs God of dignity, dishonors the covenant relationship, which further assaults God's dignity. And the third consequence of idolatry is that idolatry curses generations to come. Idolatry curses generations to come. Picking up there in verse 9. God says that I am a jealous God, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now what does it mean here that God... Uh, he, he visits iniquity on the third and fourth generation of the children of those who hate him. Well, let's think about it like this, right? Because we don't want to misunderstand this text here. So, so think about this. I love to hunt and fish. I love to hunt and fish. One of my favorite pastimes is to go hunting or fishing. Although I haven't been fishing in quite a while. But anyway, I, I love to hunt and fish. Why do I love to hunt and fish? Because my granddaddy and my daddy raised me to hunt and fish. Right? That's what we used to do growing up. My granddad, he would take me down to the pond, and, and he was one of those who cut a cane pole, right? We, we used cane poles, and we'd go down to the pond, and we'd fish for catfish all day long. And I loved that. And, and, and my daddy, he would take me hunting. And so I loved those hunting trips. And so now, as a grown-up, as an adult, I love to hunt and fish. Now, I have friends who 
cared nothing about hunting and fishing. Why? Because for most of them, their daddies and granddaddies didn't take them hunting and fishing. And so they just never got, got a, an interest in it. And, and that's kind of the same thing that's going on in the text here in Deuteronomy. God says, I'm visiting the iniquity of the father on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Why? Because idolatry is taught. Idolatry is something that is taught and is passed down from generation to generation. Now, if a child turns from his father's ways, his parents' ways, and turns to Jesus, of course, that curse diminishes and now that child receives blessings for his faith in, in, in God and faith in Christ but idolatry is taught it's passed down from generation to generation so the way we worship God our children will follow our our way most generally sometimes they change but but most generally that's the, the course of of nature that's how things usually flow so idolatry is taught but also notice here that faithfulness is taught faithfulness is taught as well notice that the last part of that that but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments faithfulness is taught it's passed down idolatry curses generations to come as it is passed down to generations to come but faithfulness to god blesses generations to come as faithfulness is passed down from generation to generation man i am so thankful i am so thankful for the faithfulness of my grandparents and parents because they passed the faith down to me now my faith is my own right i'm not saved by my grandparents faith or my my parents faith I'm saved by my individual faith. I came to faith in Jesus Christ. I trusted in Jesus. I surrendered my life to Him. And therefore, I came, became saved because of my faith in Jesus. But my faith is built upon the foundation of my grandparents and my parents because they took me to church. They taught me about Jesus. They taught me what it meant to trust in Jesus and surrender my life to Jesus. And dear friend, I want you to know, grandparents, parents, the way you worship God, the way you demonstrate your faith, the way you conform to the image of God in Scripture and not some image that you've made up for yourself, the way you worship God, your children, your grandchildren, they're watching. They're watching. And they're following in your footsteps. Teach them faithfulness. Teach them faithfulness. Don't allow your, your tendency, we all have tendency towards idolatry. In fact, I, I love this, uh, John, uh, John Calvin said, the human mind is a factory of idols. Man, we make idols every day, all the time. Our mind is just always making idols things to worship rather than God, things to put in the place of God. Our mind is a factory of idols, but when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
You see, that's key. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can squelch that, that tendency to make idols and we can conform ourselves to the God of Scripture, to Jesus who is revealed to us in Scripture. We can conform to the God of the Bible rather than our idols and demonstrate faithfulness to our children and our grandchildren. Don't curse generations to come. Don't curse generations to come by making God into something that he's not. Demonstrate faithfulness. Faithfulness to the God of Scripture. Respect God's dignity. Respect God's dignity. Now how... Do we respect God's dignity? We'll, we'll get into this more because the Deuteronomic law, as we, we get into uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12, and, and uh, I think it's that chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 12, we'll see because that's more about respecting God's dignity, this, this commandment. But, but just how do we respect God's dignity? Number one, worship the God of the Bible. Worship the God of the Bible. Don't try to make him, don't try to make God into your own image and likeness. Don't try to make him more palatable, palatable to your sinful flesh. Don't skip over verses that you don't like. Don't skip over, over attributes of God that you don't like. Study them, learn them, learn what they mean, learn what they teach you about God, and worship the God of the Bible. Don't give your affections to uh, your affections that should be reserved for God to any other thing or any other person. Make God your first priority, always and forever. And let nothing, nothing, nothing ever take the place of God. Now, if you realize that you have not been worshiping the God of the Bible, maybe you, you, you hear this today and you say, well, yeah, I've kind of looked over some things in Scripture, and I, I don't really like certain parts of Scripture, so I just don't even read those, I don't study those, I don't see, try to see what they tell me about God, but that's me then you need to repent. You need to repent. You need to turn away from your idol because that's what that is. Trying to conform God to something that he is not is an idol. It's idolatry. Repent from your idolatry. Put away your idols and turn to God as he has revealed himself to us today God incarnate, Jesus Christ. Turn to Christ. Surrender your life to Christ. Conform to the image of Christ. Trust in Christ. Christ died to redeem you from your idolatry. Turn to Christ. Put away your idols. Trust in Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for 
your commandments and all that we can learn from them, Lord. Lord, we do confess that our mind is a factory of idols. Lord, we can make a God out of anything and everything. And sometimes, Lord, we even try to change you. We say that we worship you, but we worship a, something that's less than you. Something that is more conformed to our wants and desires than how you reveal yourself in Scripture. Oh, Father, forgive us. Forgive us of our tendency to idolatry. Strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit to give you all the respect and honor that you deserve, Lord. Help us to always, always preserve your dignity in our lives. And Father, certainly there are those who may be here today or who are listening in today. They've not been worshiping you because they've never trusted in Jesus. Father, I pray today that they would turn from their idolatry, turn from worshiping whatever it is that they've been worshiping, to turn to Jesus Christ. Surrender to Him today. Love Him and worship Him. Save Him, Lord, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.